Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. We've got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. It's that special time of year. The draft is almost here. And I have Paul Wally and Tom Quartz back once again. And we go at it for over an hour talking nothing but Rams draft. We talk players, positions, prospects, where the Rams might go, where they shouldn't go, every possible angle of this upcoming NFL draft from the Rams' perspective. Good stuff, as always, with Paul and Tom aboard. You can also catch the video version of this on YouTube, as well as the audio content on YouTube as well. And a couple of reminders, we continue to drop our greatest 50 rounds of all time on the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash at LA Rams up. Getting close to number one there. And we have also been dropping NFL Rams draft trivia questions on that channel one a day leading up to the draft. So make sure you go to that YouTube channel and subscribe. And another reason to subscribe, you will get alerted when we go live Thursday night as we get close to the end of the first round. 
trying to keep track of prospects we care about, which ones are coming off the board and which ones are not. And then we'll come back Friday night and go live once again at the top of the second round. And we'll stick with that second night of the draft as long as we can, tracking the Rams picks and the players that they're interested in, or at least the players Paul, Tom, and I think the Rams should be interested in. And listen up to the next hour plus. You'll learn all about how we feel about the Rams draft. That's coming up in a second. Hey, we have Tom Quartz and Paul Wallia back once again for our pre-draft extravaganza. We're just going to talk everything Rams draft here. And I have to say, you guys probably agree, this is the first time in a couple of years I've really been getting kind of excited about a Rams draft. We're actually going to be making a lot of picks here. Uh, so how, how you been, Tom? Have you been doing your research on the Rams and their needs and uh, where they might go in this draft? Yeah, I really have. It's been. I think it is more exciting than maybe in, in prior years. I mean, we're really just looking at for this this spot or that spot to to really um, you know fill things up in the last couple of years. And one year it worked, and one year it didn't. So uh, I guess we're uh, uh, one for one for two here on the last two years. But um, yeah, this year obviously a completely different story. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. And Paul, uh, if I remember correctly, last year. You are you do a really good job of doing a deep dive into players and guys that you think will be a really good fit. So you, you prepared to share some of that information with us today? Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, of course. I'm always excited, especially when the Rams are not picking first in like round six. Right, right. <laughs> we actually have a, a pick with the late, uh, I'm sorry, early second round. So it'll be exciting. And you guys do a great job as well. Yeah, and 11 picks. And I have a feeling it may end up being more than that uh, or maybe less. Well, we have a question uh, about that coming up here. So, hey, Paul, I'll start with you. The first question uh, I think every Ram fan is asking, what do you? Th- what are their big needs in this draft? And it's probably a pretty long list, but in priority, uh, where do you think the Rams need to go in this draft? Well, since the Rams emptied their entire roster, right? So that sort of puts a different sort of spin on it. But um, I think if I were the Rams, I would focus on two areas. Two areas immediately jump out of you. Number one is edge. There was absolutely no pass rush last year, and uh, that absolutely crushed them. The second is the secondary. The secondary is barren. We have a couple of players there that are on the young side, but we definitely need some, particularly perimeter corner. Perimeter corner, I think, next to edge rusher is like a 1A and sort of a 1B. Um this draft, though, doesn't necessarily, if, if timing was anything, this is not the time for uh, the Rams to have to encounter. This is not an especially deep draft. So it sort of goes against what the Rams were doing. Um, so the Rams have to be very, very careful in terms of how they sort of stack their players. I think for them, the best way is to really load up on the best player available. That's the best way you're going to extract the most value from this kind of draft. Uh, good thing for them, there is good depth at corner, so um, and and safety to some degree. So um, we'll see how it plays out. But those are the two areas I would say: perimeter, corner, and edge. Yeah, Tom. Same question for you. And I have a feeling you're going to line. Most Ram fans are going to line up pretty uh, pretty closely on the top needs. I, I agree. Um, 
with Paul that the big needs are uh, at edge and cornerback in particular, um, as opposed to safety. And, um, and, but I'll also include another one, defensive line. Um, I think that my focus on this entire analysis and, and kind of looking at everything that the Rams are doing is um, I'm trying to keep it in line with what the front office is doing because they're clearly shooting for 2024. So uh, everything I'm looking at is what, like, what's the roster? What does the roster look like in 2024? Um, if it's, you think, if we, everybody thinks it's, it's thin this year and it's by far as the fewest players on the roster going into 2023 as any other team might maybe by as many as, as, as seven or eight players um, under the, the, the second lowest roster team. But um, I'm even looking to the next year, which I think the Rams board is. I think the Rams board is 2024. And what do we need to do between now and then? So obviously we have two drafts, you know, theoretically with 10 plus probably in both drafts um, before we get off to that 2024 season. And uh, so I looked at that and then also, so what do the Rams have come in this year as sort of one year rental players, if you will, they've been on the roster a while. They're not, they didn't just sign, but they're guys that are going to be gone next year or likely going to be gone next year. And so um, that's what I looked at. I think defensive line, we have five guys this year that could uh, build around Aaron Donald's the only player left for 2024 and on um, the defensive line. And then um, edge, we have three guys, 2024, none of which are all spectacular. Hoyt, uh, Keir Thomas, and Daniel Hardy. So that's a huge need. And then cornerback, um, uh, obviously, uh, that's a pressing need this year because there's only four guys on the roster that are cornerbacks, maybe two of them that could even potentially start. Durant, and if you include Kendrick, I don't think Sean Jolly or Robert Rochelle are starters. So I think it's going to be heavy, heavy dose of cornerback this year with a, uh, with a further heavy dose of defensive line and edge. Yeah, I kind of I agree pretty much at edge cornerback. I've been going uh, heavy on edge and cornerback in all my mock drafts. Uh, I I'm glad neither of you mentioned offensive line because I I think a lot of people, a lot of national guys have been picking offensive line for the Rams, and they actually have a lot of depth there. <laughs> you wouldn't know it from what happened last year, um, and I think that they can uh, they'll have some money next year to go out and and get. Uh, an offensive lineman if they think they need to fix, if that continues to be a problem. But yeah, edge, cornerback, we're really thin at inside linebacker, but I think they can find someone later in the draft to help there. And I I think uh, at some point they'll have to draft a running back because I'm not sure if Cam, Ag- Cam Akers is a free agent next year. Is he, I mean, I love him, but I think, just a little, I think, a little unsettled about yeah. him still. Yeah, sorry to interrupt on that point. I, I believe there's a something happened with Acres uh, contract uh, along the way that potentially m- where we're keeping him in 2024. So something it turned it into a two year deal. Yeah, something happened along the way where it turned it into a two year deal instead of a one. So he is yeah. under right. contract for 2024. Yes. Okay, then yeah. we'd need to make hopefully he. Um, you know, how do I say this tactfully? Um, he doesn't, you know, pull any uh, head games with the Rams like he did last season. I, I mean, they were probably both to blame for that, but that that's just not a good look for an NFL franchise, what happened with him and the Rams last year. Um, okay, let's get into the draft itself. And, you know, there there's a lot of guys that we can realistically hope fall to the Rams. You know, um, I got probably 10 or 15 guys 
But what is there? Is there one player? I'll start with you, Tom. Is there one player that most people don't think is really going to be there? But you're just praying. You're just crossing your fingers that somehow, some way, he slips to number thirty-six. No, I think there's there's two guys that I would like to see drop. Um, one of them, uh, they're both from Clemson, actually. Um, and so uh, one of them is Miles Murphy, the edge. And, um, you know, I, I just, in doing the, the draft analysis, I mean, I watch some tape, but I read a lot more about from guys who have watched, uh, you know, a lot of tape. And um, this guy's just freaky athletic. Uh, you know, he's, I also look for guys, especially for the Rams that are, uh, you know, that have that athletic capability. Maybe they have some technique issues and some reaction issues and stuff that can be taught. But, you know, athleticism, length, um, uh, you know, speed, quickness, it just can't be taught, right? And so uh, that's who I look for. I think he fits the mold, uh, would be, um, could be a great edge for the Rams. And uh, not, not sure if he'll drop, you know, he's kind of projected in the the early to mid 20s. So, but you know, if he's there, I think that's a great first pick for the Rams. And then the second guy is uh, Brian Brzee, also from Clemson. Just a, uh, just a, you know, he's, he might drop because he has some medical questions. Right. And so I don't, you know, do, do you, um, uh, do you draft a guy like that? I don't know, but this guy's an absolute freak. Um, he's also projected in that mid twenties range. Uh, but if he drops, boy, that would be a, um, that would be a great uh, long-term player again if the guy. Yeah, and there's off. a few guys in this draft we'll talk about eventually that, you know, again, if you're looking at 2024, you know, the offensive lineman from USC is an example. Um, maybe you you take a flyer on them, you get value, but maybe they're not going to play this year or play very little this year. But if you really are gearing up for 2024, uh, might be a good strategy. What about you, Paul? Who you got? So, um my picks, I actually, just like Tom, I had like a 1A and a 1B. But, you know, the, the rationale really is that the two positions, if you think about it, the two positions that the Rams need most, you can't really rely on free agency. Everybody wants edge rushers. Everybody wants perimeter corners. So if you, even if you get a marginal edge rusher or corner in free agency, you're paying through the nose, which is why you really need to extract as much as you can from the draft. So that's really the rationale. Having said that, the two players that I'm picking are not edge rushers or corners. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you why. They're two, they're two really two absolute monsters in this draft, I think, in terms of value. The first one is Kalijah Kansi. And I knew that was going to happen, that once the combine, he, he would go from like averaging out to about 40 as his average pick. Now he's at 24. So if that's accurate, and that's pretty much across all the mock drafts and all the experts. So if he falls to the Rams, I would be extremely happy. And I've said it before. I think I said it in my last segment. I love his style of play. His film is just stellar. And I'm a big proponent of you have to go by the film. And his film is just absolutely stellar. He is relentless. He's quick off the ball. His pass rush technique is advanced. Um, And, you know, starting off maybe as a designated pass rusher, he would have an immediate impact. And the mentoring from Aaron Donald Pitt for another Pitt player, come on, doesn't get any better than this. And more importantly, when I, when I was projecting for this draft, in my mind, he's the one player that will improve the pass rush immediately just by being on the field. Because if you think about it schematically, um, 
having him and Aaron Donald uh, attacking both those interior gaps, running twists, that's going to open up the um, the edges for everybody else. So, so he's my first one, and then the second one, believe it or not, is the is the answer to the later question: Who's the best value in the draft? So I'm going to hold off until we get to that question. Yeah, and you know, um, my strategy talking about guys that I really want to I want to fall and taking a position that maybe isn't an obvious need. Well, let, let me put it this way: edge and cornerback, two of the biggest needs. There's a lot of value there, especially at cornerback. You can get some pretty good cornerbacks in the third and fourth round, which is why I think the Rams need to pick up a fourth-round pick. They don't need to pick a cornerback early. They could if there's a guy they really like. But the the two guys I would like to see slip, um, one is Will McDonald, uh, an edge rusher. And I've seen him going all over the place, and, and I've picked him in some mocks. And every time I pick him in a mock, someone says, He's not going to be there at 36. But the problem, the thing is with the edge, there are so many good edge rushers at the top of this draft. Uh, Are seven edge rushers going to go in the first round? Potentially. But if there's a run on another position like tight end, there's so many good tight ends in this draft too. Someone like Will. Very deep. Yeah, yeah. Will McDonald could slip as well. And uh, another guy, and I think maybe he's not really – I think he's going to be gone by 36, but and that would be the wide receiver, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, and I think he's a game changer on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he helps your run game. He really stretches the field. And, uh, you know, I, I knew Allen Robinson was going to be gone, and, and I knew Van Jefferson is a free agent next year, but it really didn't hit me until – you know, that trade actually came through. And as I looking at our wide receiver core moving forward, uh, it, I don't know if Sean McVay is going to be satisfied with what we have even this year, uh, and especially not in 2024. They're going to add uh, a wide receiver threat at some point. So uh, that would, those would be my two, Will McDonald and Jalen Hyatt. And I, there's a bunch of other guys too. Nolan Smith, he'll probably be gone for sure. The edge rushers, it all just depends on which guys these teams like and, and how many really go in the first round. And edge yeah. rusher, in my opinion, is a real wild card in this draft. I'll tell you why. You're absolutely right. There are a bunch of them that are quote-unquote undersized. Yeah. And that in the past has scared off a lot of NFL teams, right? Because the rationale being is that great, they can you know attack the edge and they have that bend at two thirty five. Now we bulk them up to two fifty. Can they still bend? Right? Can they still attack that edge with the quickness? So that's what scares off a lot of um, NFL um, sort of teams. And then the other one is Felix Azuma. Apparently, uh, there's a rumor going around. So he didn't run the forty, and he didn't run the forty at his pro day. So they're saying that his knee injury isn't fully healed. So his medical might scare some teams off of uh, off of him as well. So that's three edge rushes right there, right? If you take a look at it, right? The the well, actually four because there's three undersized edge rushers that are very prominent in the first round, plus uh, him. That brings it up to four. Right. So that's going to be a real wild card in the draft. Now, my next question was going to be, which positions do they draft with those first three picks? Right now, um, if we have the 36 and the 69 and the 77, something like that, 
those first three picks, you know, what's your prediction? Uh, I'll start with you, Tom. What are your, well, let me go first this time. I'll tell you what I think. I think the first three positions are going to be edge, cornerback, and wide receiver, not in any particular order. And I would have said two cornerbacks, but like I said, I think cornerbacks are very deep and they'll come back and get one later. So that's my answer, edge, cornerback, and wide receiver. How about you, Tom? I mean, it'll be, I think it's going to be a combination of, unless you get like a, a guy like Razee who drops, um, uh, you know, that a defensive lineman that you just can't pass up, in my opinion. Uh, I think that it, the high likelihood that it will be two edges and a cornerback or two cornerbacks and an edge, but more likely an edge and two cornerbacks. So I think that, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're, those, those high lever, those high value positions will be taken early on. And then, you know, a lot of the other uh, positions will be filled in with our later picks. We, we, after 77, we don't pick again until 160. I know, so I know. 90 picks later. Right. So there's a big jump. We really got to make the most of those those first three picks. And and to, I think to your point, you mentioned or you sort of alluded to it earlier, there's a, there's a, there is a chance that the Rams trade back out of 36 right. and turn that into two, two, two more picks and maybe – drop into the forties plus pick up something in the nineties or something like that. Yeah. I, I really, I think we need a lot of players. We need a lot of bodies. There's a lot of competition to be had over the next, uh, you know, over the course of this season leading into next season. And I think they're going to turn 11 picks into, it could be as many as 13 or 14. Right. How about you, Paul? Yeah. So I have uh, a couple of combinations. I have either two, two edge or two corners. Um, with the wild card being a couple of really nice uh, O-linemen that will be available in those numbers, particularly uh, when I ran the mocks, I kept running them without doing any trades just to see who would consistently be there and ran it across four different mock databases. And the names kept coming up very, very consistently. Um, uh, I had uh, obviously my favorite Cansey at the first with the option of uh, Ojolari if he falls. Right, one of my favorites, right. DJ Delari. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson at one of the corners that always comes up right around in the mid to late 60s. And then two names I want to throw out that I really, really like. And I want to shout out my boy Salier from University of Georgia, the guard who, who uh, crushed it. And shout out to Mark who called Tyler Algier last year. Fifth round pick from Atlanta who just crushed it this year, right? I have um, really two two really two names I want to throw out there. I got Warren McClendon, another you know how I love the SEC, another Georgia Bulldog who can play anywhere on the line. And if you watch his tape, he's an absolute monster. And in his own scheme, he is just knocking people down. He will fit in perfectly. And then on defense, because we lost my buddy Ashawn, and we got to stop the run, right? Keanu Benton. University of Wisconsin, a human roadblock. This kid with athleticism, he generally fluctuates around 75 to 85. So I have him at 77 possibly as well. So Warren McClendon, Keanu Benton, and then the wild card is Joe Tipman, the offensive lineman from Wisconsin. We got Logan Bruss. We might as well bring over his center that he played with, right? Joe Tipman is the other one. 
Yeah, and just to just to mention those uh, the players that I'd like to see in those top three. You mentioned Will McDonald. You said he might not be there. I have a sneaky feeling he's going to be there. Um, I think I see a lot of moxies dropped. Uh, you know, even into the top of the uh, second round, so he could be there. But the three guys I like, um, I like Keon White, also an edge uh, from uh, Georgia Tech. Um, again, super athletic, great, great. Uh, uh, great upside. Um, and then on the cornerback side, uh, I really like uh, Kalei Ringo from Georgia. We're going to have a, our uh, our Georgia cornerback tandem with uh, Kendrick and Ringo. Um, to love that guy's upside. Uh, again, just freaky athletic, um, needs a lot, needs some discipline help and, and so forth. But um, he could be there. Uh, it's a lot of mocks have him actually at 36. And then uh, the other guy is Cam Smith. Um, of the two cornerbacks from South Carolina, I just I like him a lot better, uh, and um, I think he could be there. Very, very potent, very, uh, very good chance he could still be there at seventy-seven. The cornerback I think that really fits well for the Rams. So one thing about Ringo, Ringo, if he doesn't make it a corner, he'll he'll be a probably right. uh, excellent safety. safety. Yeah, he'll be an unbelievable safety because right. he has a lot of the criticism that we talked about last year with Kendrick, right? That right. he uh, when the ball's behind him, he's uh, he's grabby. I think he had double digit penalties this year because uh, of that. However, though he's incredible in terms of physicality right. and um, playing on the ball in front of him. But the player I like, who I think fits the Rams to a T, is Emmanuel Forbes. He, I think, in terms of scheme versatility, he played off ball at Mississippi State. He can still play press. He ran a sub 4-4 at the Combine. And listen to this. This is the selling point right here. This is what McVay always talks about, right? He had three TD uh, INTs returned for TDs, and he set the record for most uh, interceptions taken into the house for his career. So I think he would – the only downside, he's light. He's at 168. So teams might shy away from him. So he might fall. But with an NFL nutrition program, time in the locker room, uh, in the weight room, I think he would be a lockdown corner for the Rams. So Manuel Forbes might fall to the Rams too. And he's a perfect fit. Yeah, he's come up in uh, several of my mocks as well. I think I'm up to 21 mock drafts on the NFL mock draft database. It's just too much fun. Uh, And it really teaches you how the dilemma that some of these teams run into where you know, you, you get in a spot where the guy you wanted isn't there and the value's not there for what you're looking for, and uh, it can happen. And, uh, of course, the general manager is going to come back and tell you he got all the guys he wanted, but I don't think that's... And jump in the pool. <laughs> right. And jump in the pool. <laughs> right. And then have a losing season. Right. Right. So the next question I had was, um, and I think we've all kind of already answered this, but uh, is there a position the Rams will target more than once? And let me start this off by saying that the Rams right now have 11 picks, and I think they're going to spread this over the entire roster. They really need to. Uh, I think they're going to draft a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. They're going to draft an inside linebacker, a couple of edge, a couple of corners, a safety. I don't know if I've hit 11 yet. Uh, the the one position that they may go thinner than a lot of people expect is offensive line. But if they add picks, they'll draft a guard and a tackle or a center and a tackle, something like that. Uh, I don't think any position group is going to be neglected in this draft. And I think uh, edge and corner 
uh, we'll we'll see two edge and two corners in all likelihood, especially uh, two corners for sure. If they can add extra picks to edge, and, and I think you guys are probably going to disagree with me on that. You're already saying you think two edge for sure, Paul. Well, honestly, I think they're going to do best player available just for the reasons that we have talked about, that the roster has been shaved down so much. They need to extract as much of a value as humanly possible, right? So I agree with you. I mean, but if we have a choice of priority, I would say, yeah, I would probably say edge and corner. I also do, I, I also think a lot of the edge players are in this draft are being uh, overrated because of the the dearth of edge rushers. So they're actually flying up the charts. So, for example, Keon White, I love this player, right? He's at two – they list him at 280, right? So he's like DN size, right? So you have to be very creative about how you utilize him, but he's like a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. So if he's available, you have to like – And I think if you add a guy like Cansey uh, – who and, and a defensive lineman that can bring pressure as well, and there's a few other guys too. Maybe that lessens the need to draft two edge and edge and, a, yeah, and an interior guy absolutely. that can also bring pressure. And the interior line aspect of the draft is actually, in my opinion, there's a lot of quality there. Center and guard. A lot of the tackles that are being called tackles in this draft clearly will work better at guard. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, uh, for the teams that are patient, they're going to get a lot of really quality players fall right into their lap and not have to panic. I do think the Rams are going to do a lot of, you know, one pick for two picks so that they can, you know, get a couple of extra picks and quality picks. Uh, Having a 167 and a 171, if you could package that and get into the 140s or 150s, you're definitely going to get a better player. So I think they're going to do do a lot of that. I think they're going to wind up with about 13 picks. I agree. How about you, Tom? Position wise, what are the uh, any any positions? You've already answered this, but how, how do you see this yeah. breaking out position wise across the entire draft? Yeah, I agree with you guys hundred percent. I mean, it's going to get into the potentially the 13, 14 number of picks. It's it's going to be a heavy a heavy dose of cornerback. That's the position that they absolutely positively need this year. The all the other positions. Um, are they could actually go into the season with their current, you know, with their current group. It wouldn't be, uh, you know, an edge with with uh, Daniel Hardy and Michael Hoyt or Keir Thomas or Larry Murchison. It wouldn't be stellar, but they got enough bodies to do it, right? Cornerback, they don't have enough bodies to do it. They have four guys. Two of them probably can't start. Um, our special teamers, Rochelle and Jolly. Um, Durant, Kendrick's questionable. So they're going to, I think it's going to be, could be four corners. It could be four corners. Hey, hey, here's a question for you. Four corner, that would be I would I would embrace that actually. Here's a question for you. I, I've been kind of going around around it in my head with this one. Let's say they have 14 picks. Do they draft a kicker, punter, or long snapper? <laughs> well, I mean, do you they do get drafted? A, you know, they do get drafted. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And there's uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that um that show with uh, Ferragamo and Jackie Slater. Have you seen it? No, no. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, with Ferragamo and Slater. And just to hear them talk about the Rams is incredible. And they actually brought up the same thing. Like, we need a long snapper. We need a punter. <laughs> we need a kicker, right? I honestly think – yeah, I have to say something uh, from last year. Dicker the kicker really impressed me. He really did. So 
Uh, I would have no problem if they went back that route. Um, and I think the other two, like you said, the other two are low-cost options. If you don't get them in the draft, you can get veteran players to do yeah. that. That's not an issue. Yeah. So, But I think you're absolutely right. Big difference between long snapper and punter, though. I mean, long snapper, they absolutely will not draft. 110%, no. Um, punter, you know, if somebody's there, um, kicker. Uh, I think they should have kept uh, Dicker the kicker last year. They had a guy yeah. for four years that – um, and knowing full well that Gay uh, was going to uh, get paid uh, by somebody, which he did, that was a mistake um, in the long-term thinking, right? I mean, that's twenty twenty hindsight. They were obviously all in last year, but uh, but yeah, so they could they could draft a kicker if somebody else is there, but um, that's much more likely than uh, so kicker number one, punter number two. And there is no number three. They're not. Yeah, I think uh, regardless of what happens, um, week one, Ram fans are going to be really nervous when it comes to field goal time, uh, especially if we are competitive. You know, they, we hope we're competitive. And then, you know, the, the nightmare scenario is we are competitive and uh, we're missing 33 yard field goals in crunch time. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, so uh, we'll start with you, Paul. Who is going to be the steal of this draft? And uh, you already talked about Cansey three times. So do you have somebody else? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the beast from Georgia, Darnell Washington, the tight end from oh, Georgia. Oh yeah, jeez. Uh, I'll be very, I'll be very honest with you. Tight end is not my favorite position in the NFL, <laughs> but I got to tell you, this is my pick. If the Rams could somehow work it out that they can get Cansey and walk away Darnell Washington, this draft is an A+. This kid is an aircraft carrier in cleats. So he checks in at 6'7", 264. He ran a 4'6", He has a 10'2 broad jump. He ran a, a shuttle that was in the same realm as, as the wide receivers. He's got a physical mindset. His run after the catch is just unlimited. He cannot be tackled one-on-one in space. But he also loves to block. Guys, when a player says, I love to block, that is so rare. He's like a a third tackle on the field if the Rams can grab him. Think about that. And with him leading the way in a zone scheme, I already got his nickname. Ready? IHOP because he's going to be serving pancakes all day long. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's okay. he's one of those guys where, you know, I, I've thought about him and I was like, man, if he's there at 36, wow. But here's but here's the other part. And tell me, look how it plays into the roster also. If you get someone like Washington, you can now move Higby with confidence. Right. Right? You save 6.75 because if it's after post, I think it's after June 1st, I think we save 6.75 on a Higby deal. Right, he can definitely start from day one. There's no question. So that might allow them to move on from Higby a little bit sooner than they anticipate, too. So I just think, to me, he's going to be the absolute steal of the draft. Yeah, he, whoever gets yeah, it would be. Yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's just a matter of do you pass up edge at that spot for a tight end? And I'd love to have that guy. Love to have. And you're right. He just do wonders for the rushing game. I think he's going to go in the 50s. I think he's going to go in the 50s. 
because there's not a lot of hype on him, surprisingly, which shocks me. Yeah, yeah, but there, there was early on, and I wonder, like a guy like McVay who loves tight ends, or at least you know, coming into when he took over the coaching job, that was the theory that he was going to rely on the tight ends. Uh, that's they draft his first draft pick was Gerald Everett, right? Um, and it, that really hasn't, you know, come to fruition. I mean, Higby, Higby's been solid, and Everett had a good run here, but hasn't really been a tight end heavy offense. Uh, but could McVay pass on someone like Darnell Washington? That's, that's the question. How about you, Tom? Who you got for your steal of the draft? Well, I still think I'm, I'm tripling down on my prediction here that Higby will be cut regardless of whether we get Darnell Washington or not. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. But um, uh, I think they're just waiting till the, the June 1st uh, after the draft um, and see what see what lands in their lap. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see them. I would love to have that guy on the roster. I don't, uh, I don't see them, and I don't think they should. Go, uh, you know, pick that guy with their pick Washington with their first pick. So um, I'm with Mark on that. Um, but I think I, you know, as far as the steal of the draft, uh, I think that uh, uh, I'm going to go way down the board here and uh, go with a guy that is local to me. You know, I saw play versus my Bruins a couple of times, uh, Jake Hayner, and. Um, you know, he's probably going to go in the fourth round. And I think this guy is going to be a, a very, very good, uh, you know, picket-like um, quarterback who can start in the NFL and uh, and have a, a good a good career. He's a little bit, it is a little worrisome with his, um, his uh, injury history. But um, the guy's a gamer. He's accurate as can be. And that, to me, is the number one thing of an NFL quarterback. And, um you know, so Hayter is my pick, and uh, somebody's going to get a good one. If the Rams could get him with, uh, you know, at that at their first at that one sixty seven pick. Oh boy, I'd be uh, I'd be thrilled. And then one A is DTR. I'm uh, going with my Homer pick. He'll be right in the same range. Um, he's a lot more likely to drop than Hayter. But uh, if they are going to draft a quarterback in this draft, and I think they will, um, now obviously there's no higher leverage position than that, and um, so I would love to see him grab one of those two guys. If they don't, I think both those guys are going to be good NFL players. I have I have DTR at one eighty two. Yeah, I have DTR at every draft at one eighty two. What I like about Hayner is he. I think he's he can come in and be a backup almost immediately. I think he'd be a quick right. study. And then there's also that uh, that off chance that he's going to develop into something special. Uh, he showed in the Senior Bowl, right? He looked really good. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have no problem with that pick. I know my 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 special assistant Matt. He uh, he's a big Jake Hayner fan. My guy is um, a running back out of Pittsburgh, Izzy Abenikanda. Izzy, yes. Yeah, Izzy. and what I like about him, I, I watch some tape. You know, it's really hard watching tape on running backs. My tape is YouTube videos, and you know, you read the you read the uh, draft profile of some of these guys. And you know, hey, you know, fifth rounder, he can't do this, he can't do that, has limitations. And then you go watch the highlights, and the highlights are always incredible, right? So, right, so right, yeah. Izzy's highlights are incredible, and, and he just struck me. And I'm not, I'm not a trained NFL player evaluator by any stretch, but 
he just strikes me as a three down NFL running back. And, and I think that's what we need. Uh, and I think he's a guy that you could probably get possibly in the fifth round. He may go earlier. Who knows? Um, on the ranking sheet I have in front of me right now, he's ranked 114th overall. That's the draft tech rankings. So take it, take that for what it's worth. So that, that's my guy. Can we have, can we have a shameless New York City shout out for Izzy from Brooklyn, New York? Oh, Izzy, okay. Abraham Lincoln High School and who broke Tony Dorsett's single game rushing record at Pitt? Oh, wow. Yeah. It was Izzy. Yeah, and he, yeah. and he has a knack for getting into the end zone, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. His acceleration and burst through yeah. the line, and the kid is tough as nails. If you, like you said about the highlights, yeah. if you watch an entire game and you just see him, just like he's like Novocaine, give it time. Yeah. <laughs> Three yards, three yards, three yards, boom, yeah. end zone. And, and what round you do know? you see him going? I think he'll. I think he could go theoretically four or five. You know, there's a lot to be. Your example is a great example. Another shameless shout out: Scarlet Knight, Rutgers, Pacheco for the World Champs. Right, right, right. Rutgers running back. Yeah. right. He went very late. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was sixth or seventh. I think it was seventh round. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, and another running back in your same sort of mindset, Mark Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky. Air him with Cam Akers. Chris Rodriguez is a human sledgehammer. Yeah. He's Steven Jackson without that skill set of acceleration right. and um, burst. But when it comes to between the tackles and just carrying bodies, Chris Rodriguez is the hammer. Yeah, don't get me started on SJ39. I think he might be the most underrated player in the his- history. Of the- no question. I, I talk to people no uh, like when he went to the Falcons – uh, I, I mentioned, uh, I called him SJ39. And he's like, who's that? Who, who? Yeah, he's your he's your new running back, the all-time Rams leading rusher. It's like, oh. He's he's the reason he's the reason Rams Mount Rushmore is all running backs on top. Yeah, right, right. You know, yeah. Marco Falk, Eric Dickerson, and SJ39. Yeah. Well, my son uh, made That's the it. point that, you know, there was like an eight, nine-year I mentioned this on a pod recently, I think. There was an eight, nine year period, the dark days, right, of the Rams where they were just horrible. And SJ39 made it bearable. He really did. Just watching him uh, there, he's just incredible. And he's a really, it seems like a really cool guy, too, from what I've seen. Yeah. So, so far we've had, uh, yeah, Pitt, shout out to Pitt, right? So far we've had two players in this draft, uh, one compared to uh, Tony Dorsett and one compared to Aaron Donald. So, uh, uh, <laughs> no, not necessarily compared to Tony Dorsett, but he broke Tony Dorsett's record. No, no, I know what you're saying. It's, saying. Record, yeah. it's just these, the, we, the pit, uh, the pit. And, and actually, uh, um, no another guy I really like, uh, and I can't pronounce his name either, Mr. Dennis, the linebacker, uh, Servasia, Dennis, the uh, inside linebacker with the Panthers. He's, uh, I've picked him in several of my mock yeah. drafts, like in the sixth, seventh round, just to, uh, to add to that uh, pool of what we have, uh, Ernest Jones, Christian Roseboom, Jake Hummer, and someone else I forget. So we need some. They have, they have another. They have another great outside linebacker, Baldonado. Right. Right. They have another great one, Baldonado. And I'm not going to pronounce actually, his first name either. Yeah. I'm reading it here. Yeah, I'm I, know, I gave up. I gave up on that one. I'm not, not going to say it. I just make a. I just embarrass myself. 
Yeah, uh, let me go. But for Tom, but for for Tom's purposes, let's let's be real. You got DTR UCLA, and let's face it, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, they're oh. not talking enough about that kid. Yeah. That kid yeah. is an absolute monster. Yeah, yeah, they think he's slow, you know, and um, but That's fine. and um, yeah, no, he 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 gained a lot of his yards. I you know, obviously watched you know most of the games, if not all of them, and and um, he gained a lot of his yards breaking tackles and. Obviously, that's a good skill set to have in the NFL, especially on these outside zone schemes where you're oftentimes going against defensive backs and so forth, you know, in the, as, your, as the first point of contact. But, uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the rub on him. Um, but he's, you know, he's patient. He can hit a hole. Um, he's not going to run off a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, 60, 70 yarders. But, um, but yeah, he's going to be a solid back. I think he's going to fall. I think he's going to drop um, in the and and uh, and he's not going to drop to. Uh, I don't know if he drops into that third slot. It'd be very interesting uh, without that third round. But um, yeah, they they do think he's slow and he doesn't have that great of uh, that that great of speed. But he's just a bigger, smart back. We'll see. Now on who are going to be the biggest busts in this draft? And I'll go first on this. And Someone uh, wrote an article just today. I was reading, they were rating the uh, quarterback draft classes of the last 20 years, 23 years, the whole century. And you're looking through that, and it just reminded me of, uh, you know, the quarterback's an important position. Players are going to get hyped, and players are going to get overdrafted because teams need quarterbacks. And it's amazing how many of them have not panned out and just, turned into you know, first round picks, top five, 10 picks that just turned out to be very mediocre. And I'm kind of concerned about the two top guys at the top of this draft, uh, um, Stroud and uh, Bryce. What's his last name? It's some brain fart here. Uh, but I, I just, I'm not convinced either one of them are going to be worthy of a top two or three pick. Uh, that's my gut feeling on that, the two quarterbacks. Yeah, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, I think this whole um, this whole quarterback class at the top is um, questionable at best, and, and I think we'll be lucky to get to get one guy that makes it out of the top. You know, three, four. Um, you know, my Levis might be the guy, actually, in my opinion. But the guy that I think is going to – somebody's going to take a flyer on and it's going to be an absolute disaster is Anthony Richardson. Right. Um, he just – a lot of people uh, uh, are comparing him to Demarcus Russell. I don't think he's that same um, – he's not in that same mold just because he's a big guy, and, you know, and so forth. I don't think that that's a fair comparison. I compare him more from a uh, – uh, I just look at, you know, a, how how – how much do we have to learn? How long is it going to take to learn that you have to be an accurate passer and you don't learn act, you can't learn accuracy, just like you can't learn speed. You can't learn any of that. If you're not an accurate passer in college, you're not going to be an accurate passer in the NFL. It's going to be even harder because you, you're throwing the ball sooner. You're anticipating, you have to get rid of it quicker. Um, and uh, so he's not accurate. And that's his, that's his downfall just because he's a big, strong athletic guy with tons of upside. If you don't have accuracy, you don't have it. So I think whoever takes Anthony Flyer and Anthony Richardson is going to, uh, is going to, um, you know, that's going to be the big fail. I, I compare it more to say Andre Ware, even though they're not the same out of the same mold. Andre Ware was just a super inaccurate quarterback that, um, 
uh, you know, flourished in a, you know, run shape. How do you feel about Hendon Hooker? The Tennessee quarterback? Yeah. Well, I, I think Tom brings up a good point. And look, it's a copycat league. We saw Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. So they're going to – now you're going to see everybody jump all over these, um, you know, super athletic quarterbacks. And, you know, it's really unfair to the quarterbacks because these quarterbacks, Hooker, Richardson, Stroud, these, are, these guys are great competitors. You watch them play, but you have to develop these quarterbacks. And what happens is when they get drafted this high, they don't get that luxury. And that's the problem. Right. We have a lot of really talented quarterbacks in this league that never get a legitimate real shot because they get drafted so high. You know, and the quarterbacks that get drafted in the second round, third round, you know what? They really do have the best chance for success because they get to carry the clipboard. And you know who said that? Carson Palmer. Remember Carson Palmer when they drafted him? And they said, you have to carry the clipboard. And that was just media like suicide after that, right? because they just ripped the team apart. Carson Palmer said that was the best thing that ever happened to him. So I, I agree I agree with you know with both of you that these quarterbacks are extremely talented. It's a copycat league. They see Jalen Hurts. They're going to draft these guys. But you have to be willing to develop these guys. We, we're talking about DTR. They're guys like Malik Cunningham out of Louisville that you could get late, late in the draft too. Another great developmental quarterback. What about Jaron Hall, BYU? Right? Another great quarterback. If you're willing to work with these guys, and you have, and this league is filled with all these so-called quarterback gurus as coaches. Let's see develop these quarterbacks. There's no ready-made quarterback. You're not going to draft a quarterback whether it's second overall or 200th overall. Nobody comes out ready-made to the NFL. It's too complex, right? You have to develop these quarterbacks, and it's all about the reads. They got to be able to make the reads. Tom Brady's a perfect example. Right? We all saw his tape from the combine, right? But he had time to develop, and that that really makes the the difference. You got to find the quarterback with the right winning mindset, toughness, right, coachability, and then of course the the ability to throw the ball accurately into tight windows. So the the original question was, who's going to be the biggest uh, disappointment? Are we all agreeing? Quarterbacks, or is there anybody else that you wanted to? I got one. Dewan Jones, offensive tackle, Ohio State. When you start telling me an offensive tackle's touching almost 380, I mean, can, can we stop the conversation? Yeah. Please stop ranking him number 20 overall. Dewan Jones, right? In my opinion, I mean, no, no, no disrespect. Yeah, to some, someone, uh, I think someone mocked him to the Rams, and I, th- I was, I saw the size and the weight, and I said, I don't think that would yeah. work in the Rams' offense. No, not for our scheme. But, you know, he's he's solely a right tackle. Not that that's a bad thing, but he's solely a right tackle. If you watch his tape, it was basically two things. If he got his hands on you, you were done. That's it. It's over. But if he if you hit him with a double move or if you beat him to the inside, you know, he's standing there watching you go by like a turnstile. So that's not a, a good recipe for success going into the NFL. Now, he could still be a very good player. That's not the issue. The issue is – I don't think you should rank a player like that in the 20s based on the, what I've seen. I'm not that I'm, you know, knocking the kid, but for, I think he should be rated a lot lower. I think anybody who takes him in like the 20s, they're, they're going to regret it. I just had PTSD to Bobby Evans when you were talking about him. <laughs> so that immediately came to my mind too. Well, there's, <laughs> there's an Oklahoma offensive tackle 
right? And I remember I was drafting. My buddy was with me, and he and he texted me. He goes, "Why didn't you take that tackle?" I said, "Because that tackle's from Oklahoma. We don't do that anymore." We learned our <laughs> Hey, so um, did you have anything else to add on Tom as far as uh, potential busts in this draft, or are you just land land with the quarterbacks? No, I I think um, uh, you know the, the the majority of the time. The quarterbacks are going to be your bust, and especially with that, how you know how the premium that's put on them and the hit rate that we experienced. Um, I don't think this is a great quarterback class. I think it's actually pretty deep at the end. Yeah, and I think we're going to see some some um, starting quarterbacks come out of the end of this draft over the next. You know that'll develop like we were just talking about. But um, I think these top guys are uh, a far cry from what we've seen in the past and what we're going to see next year. So at the end here, let's. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, position by position players we like, and I know uh, I gave you guys short notice on this. Uh, really talk about whatever you want to, and I'll go first. I'm going to give you a rapid fire of some players that I'm intrigued by. Let's put it that way. Uh, not sure when you can get these guys. That's not the point. Just players that uh, over the course of doing all my mocks and the limited amount of research I've done, I'm really intrigued by. Um, I already mentioned at the running back position. I already mentioned Izzy. Another guy that you know, would be very tempting. You talk about Darnell Washington for this for the size, the running back Devin A. Chain with the speed. I just oh, yeah. don't know if you can spend an early pick on him because you're probably going to have to. Uh, wide receiver later in the draft, fourth or fifth round. I think you can get a guy like Trey Palmer out of Nebraska, who solves your kick return issues as well. That's what I like about him. Tight end, you know, I was talking about a guy from Old Dominion about four months ago named Zach Kuntz, and then he went to the Combine, and he probably elevated his – Yeah, so yeah. there goes that idea. He, I don't think the Rams should draft him that early. He's probably They'd probably have to use a third-round pick on him, and I don't think that would be wise, but – he still intrigues me. We haven't, no one mentioned uh, Osiris Torrance, and I'm kind of in love with that guy. And he's the one offensive lineman I think could, w- would be a, potentially a wise selection for the Rams. I don't know if he'd even start right away because we are so deep in the offensive line. It's just a matter of do we have any real studs? And I think Torrance could be a stud. On the edge, uh, I talked about Will McDonald and Paul. You mentioned PJ Ojolari. Defensive line, we already talked about Cansey. You stole my thunder there, but I think everybody knows about him. Cornerback, DJ Turner. Uh, is he Michigan or Michigan State? I forget, but he's a burner. Yeah, super, Michigan. Super fast. Michigan. Uh, and I, I've mentioned, you know, if you could get A Chain and Turner in the same draft, might be the two fastest guys in the entire draft. And then there's a guy and up out your way, Tom, and I don't know what to make of him. Uh, I don't know if he's a safety or a linebacker. Is it Marte Mapu? Uh, hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. And and the the knock on him is he's a tweener, and they say like you know he those types of guys with those characteristics typically don't pan out. But he's one of those guys that's just a football player, and you know. He'll end up on the Steelers and end up being a pro bowler. You know, one of those guys, <laughs> you know, it always works that way. And then uh, at linebacker, I already talked yeah, about Dennis. Yeah, that's a Sac State guy. Yeah, that Matt Tupac guy's a Sac State guy. And, right. Uh, yeah, just a, it was just a great um, 
a great all around uh, uh, DB. He's, he's listed as a safety, um, big, big guy. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, he'll be a good player in the NFL and he could, you know, drop into the, the kind of the fourth round probably. Right. So that that's my uh, shotgun approach to a bunch of guys. I like, Oh, I, I skipped uh, on wide receiver after Trey Palmer. Another guy I really like is Cedric Tillman who might oh, be there. Yeah. I don't know. He, he, They'd probably have to use that second round selection. Don't know if he's going to be there in the third round. He's a bigger guy. And, you know, uh, Seattle and San Francisco have these bigger wide receivers. We really don't. Uh, it'd be nice to have a have a big guy running out there for us. So uh, I'll turn it over to you. want to go first, Tom? Uh, players you want to talk about, uh, positions, a- anything you want to throw out there uh, at the end here, players you like, have at it. Yeah, um, I you know I think that uh, I've kind of you know named most of the players that um, that I really want to see. Uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm super focused in this uh, in this defensive line, cornerback, edge uh, camp. But um, you know, the guys uh, that um, I really like, you know, who I, I really like. I want to just go back to Cam Smith, and I really want. Uh, I really think he's going to be a great NFL player. I'd love to catch him at the um, uh, you know, probably have to catch him at the 69, but if he's there at the 77. They might trade back and try and catch him uh, and, and add a pick. But um, but uh, yeah, there's a. I, I feel like we really haven't talked a lot about the end of the draft when we have most of our picks right after we we focus primarily on the you know even into the fifth round to some degree where we have three picks. But um, the uh, that you know we have five picks right now in the sixth. And three in the sixth and two in the seventh, I believe. And we, uh, uh, I really feel like we're going to, you know, that's where we're going to load up on safeties and tight ends and running backs and inside linebackers, all these positions that um, guys that could play special teams. Uh, we still need, you know, we still need lots of those guys. And, uh, and, but that can compete. That's why they cleared the roster, right? Just getting back to the philosophy of the Rams. That's why they cleared this roster out of the Leonard Floyds and Jalen Ramseys and, and you name it all the way down the line. And, um, and so Red Games and Aishon and everybody else, they want to let young guys play. Their young guys haven't been able to play over the last several years. That's the downside to having a competitive team where you're all in to go win the Super Bowl. Your young guys don't get to play. You don't see what they look like. You can watch my special teams, which has very little relevance to them playing cornerbacks like, or inside guys linebacker. Guys like Bobby Brown. So, yeah, just got a lot of guys. Yeah. And so, uh, and so that's what they, that's what that was. The, that's clearly the, that's clearly the strategy. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to load up on guys. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. I think, um, you know, in, in short, uh, in general, I think we're going to see a lot of tight end, you know, two or three tight ends drafted to see what we can get out of that. I think he's going to get cut and we'll have, uh, um, some tight ends. Um, they really want to get two good tight ends going into 2024. And right now, the only tight end that's rostered for 2024 is Long, who's our only pickup of the season, came over in the, in the uh, trade with Ramsey, from for Ramsey. How about you, Tom? I mean, Paul, what do you have? Uh, any any thoughts on particular players, positions, guys that we haven't talked about yet? Sure. So the top part of the draft, obviously, we talked about Kansi, um, but I also have Will McDonald. I love Will McDonald. I uh, just want to point out, he was playing out of position in that Iowa State defense, by the way. He was playing end. not He wasn't playing that wide nine. Can you imagine what his numbers would have been if he was playing the wide nine? 
So he was actually, that shows you his toughness as well, which is why I like it, which I'm really hopeful that the Rams get their hands on him. Uh, I like the corner. Like I said, I love Emmanuel Forbes. I like Tyreek Stevenson. He was a, a Georgia transfer, went to Miami. If you watch him play, uh, he's got the size. He's got the tenacity. Great technique for a young player. I really like him. The other player that I like, uh, I think the Rams got to start drafting more USC and UCLA players. We got to fill up SoFi, right? So you got it. And there's a great um, edge rusher that it's sort of like under the radar. I think we can get him at uh, much later in the draft. Tuli Tuapi, I'm sorry, Tui Piloto. Tuli Tui Piloto. I love the way this kid plays. Um, but he got hecked on one side. We're going to assume Heck is manning the strong side. I think he'd be great on the back side if we do get him, but also a situational pass rusher. Love his toughness. Uh, he translates pressure into sacks. The things with edge rushers, there are edge rushers that come close but never really generate double-digit sacks in the NFL. There's a whole bunch of them. That's called free agency, right? Then there are guys that translate those pressures into sacks, and he's one of those guys. If you watch him, if he gets close, it's ending in a sack. Um, I like guys like – I talked about Warren McClendon. I like Keanu Benton. Um, he's a great run stuffer, but he also has great pass rush ability. He has great pass rush ability. There's Andrew Voorhees, the guard from USC. Definitely – and these are some of the later round picks. Voorhees, the guard from USC, I think he'd be great in our system. There is a D-back who is cut out for the zone scheme. His name is Riley Moss from Iowa. His name is coming up a lot in Ram Mocks because he's a pure zone D-back, and he's physical. I think he'd be a great fit. The one pass rusher that I really like is Isaiah McGuire. I don't think enough people are talking about Isaiah McGuire. He is legit. He's not one of these guys that they say we're going to project him to edge. He's playing edge right now in Missouri, right? He's a legit edge with size. He can play the strong side. He can play the back side. He likes to pass rush. His technique is raw, but um, um, you know, I think he. I think he's a great pass rusher. Byron Young, the kid from Tennessee, another great pass rusher. The two running backs that I like, Chris Rodriguez and Tavion Thomas from Utah. Tavion Thomas from Utah is an absolute monster. And he's used to playing out of the shotgun. So that's the thing for us. We need running backs that can play out of the shotgun as well as, you know, we can't just use running backs that only run out of the eye because that's not what we do in terms of an offensive scheme. The wide receiver part, I'm really fascinated by two wide receivers. The first, Andre Yeshivas. That's the guy I told you about last time. I love this wide receiver. He played great at the combine. He is very physically, when you look at him, you're like, this guy is legit. Uh, he's a 6'2", 200. Uh, he's a heptathlon uh, athlete, uh, medalist. Unbelievable, right, with that type of athleticism. And then the other kid that I like who's going to go really late in the draft, I think, but is going to be real value, is Michael Wilson, the kid from Stanford. Team captain. Great special teams player, just you know, scratching the surface of his ability. And then the other one is from BYU, Puka Nakua. I like Puka Nakua. I, th- I really like the way he plays. And then the last two, um, I love this kid, Cam Jones from Indiana. I think he's the best special teams 
player in the draft defensively, as well as a great linebacker. And Shaka Hayward from Duke, a great two-down linebacker for us, comes comes off the field, put him next to Ernest Jones. I think that'll uh, tighten up the middle. And then the one unsung hero will be Byron Young, defensive tackle from Alabama, pure run stuffer. Very little, de- very little pass rush wiggle, but if you want somebody a, a human fire hydrant, this is the kid. Hey, Sean. Yep. There you go. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, rankings here. It looks like Kavion Thomas could be had in a in a pretty late round as well. Yeah, six one two. These are all my late round, yeah. my late round superstars. Right. I think just people are just overlooking these guys, yeah. and I think these guys are going to be not just on the NFL roster. They're going to get a lot of burn. They're going to get a lot of burn. I skipped one of our questions I was going to ask, and I'll go back to it. I think we may have already answered it. Uh, the what, what was more likely? We had four options here. Do the Rams add extra picks in this draft, or do they give up picks to move up from 36, or do they give up picks to get into the fourth round, or do they end up with fewer than 11, 11 picks but add 2024 picks? Well, I, I guess we're kind of, I think I've heard two things. I think you both think we need to add a fourth round pick, but then at the same time, add additional picks. No, yeah, no, I think that, yeah, the gist of the question is, is, um, you know, are we going to get quality or quantity? And I think that it's pretty obvious, um, you know, it's going to be quantity. So if, if we look at the going back to this, this, you know, the Rams thesis, not mine, that this is everything is focused on 2024. In 2024, the Rams have a, a total of 23 players that are um, slated to be rostered. Okay. That if that's losing 21 players in 2023. So now we're down to 23. So we need 53 guys. So, uh, uh, so we need 30 players between, <laughs> between in the next two drafts, plus some UDFAs and free agents and so forth. But if we have 11 this year, maybe we have 11 next year, that's 22. Uh, we still need 11 more guys. So I think that it's going to be quantity, 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 and then quantity. And so it's going to be trade back. And I think they can trade back and pick up. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not so much this year. It's just it's just trade back and pick up, trade back one and pick up three. And maybe it's two this year and a seventh round next year, or whatever, you know, something like that. Yeah, could, picks could be this year or next year. It, it really, I don't think it really matters to them. It doesn't really matter to them. Yeah, you're, it, it, it's irrelevant which year. The advantage this year is, is, you have a year to find out if you made any mistakes on your picks and you could flex and, and uh, you know, if you, if you draft an offensive lineman and you find out he's, he's not the answer, then you have extra data points moving into 2024, what direction you have to take. So you agree, Paul, is that the approach to maybe give up one of those second round picks then? I'm sorry, one of the third round picks. I've been saying second round pick all this time. Give up one of their third round picks and uh, add a fourth round pick and move on with some additional picks? I think it's uh, – they have so – if you look at they had they got 167, 171, 182, 189, 191, 223, 234. I think within that, you can package some of those picks and move forward, right? And I think you could still get accomplished. You're still going to get a wind up with, what, nine players, which is still a significant number. So, you know, I like the fact that we're picking 36, 69, and 77. 
if you look at last year, look at not just last year, the year prior as well, Seattle did a great job playing at their young players. The Eagles did a great job playing their young players. Kansas City did a great job playing their young players, right? First year and rookies. So I think, you know, I think the Rams saw that. And they said, yeah, listen, we have a great coaching staff. We have a great uh, culture here. Let's get these young players in and let's let, let them play. At 36, 69, and 77, and let's say you're able to package some of these other ones. My whole thing is get into the 150s. 150 and below is where it's at. You want those top 150 players. That's where it's at. That's where you're going to find guys that really bring the thunder. So um, I think if you can get one or two pl- more picks within that one, you know, below the 150 mark, I think they should definitely go for it. I think 36, 69, and 77, you're going to walk away with three players that are going to con- – and you don't – we always right. say this every year, right? Can they contribute immediately? Which is why you really have to, like, narrow it down to, like, a core set of these are the six or eight players we want. If they're there, we're going to grab them. If they are not there, right. we're going to say, hey, Mark, listen, you want our 77? I want it. Give me your – 89 give me next year's your 77 you know you know what i mean and that's where the other thing that could fall out from that is if the rams draft only 9 10 or even 11 players and let's say they don't draft an inside linebacker or they don't draft a punter uh the undraft the top undrafted guys are going to have the first plane ticket to la because they know they have a, a really yeah. good opportunity to earn a, a, a roster spot as opposed to going to some other team where, you know, you may be uh, the fifth guy on the on the depth chart already. You, if you're an undrafted rookie inside linebacker and the Rams haven't drafted an inside linebacker, you get off that airplane and you're, you know, <laughs> you're already second string. Right. But even yeah, but even but you, those two positions you named, right? Even from a veteran standpoint, usually you can bring in veterans even for those positions at a very low number, because you don't usually have right. to spend a lot of money on long snappers and especially two down linebackers because they're they're plentiful. Yeah, in and there's still now, a few out there. Right? There's still a few out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, uh, so I think we we've uh, covered just about everything. So who's your overall favorite player in the draft, Mark? Because you called it last year with Algiers, but who do you who do you got? Who's your all all time favorite player in this? You draft? know, I think I've done too much, too many of these mock drafts, and there's just uh, there's just so many guys that you start to fall in love with, and then you you know a year from now you realize that eighty percent of them uh, amounted to not not much of anything. Let me just go down my list here. If there's someone. Uh, Right now, the, I think the guy that I fell in love with very early, and you talk about a guy that's undersized, is Nolan Smith. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I like him, again, it, it goes back to that thing, kind of like Mapu, uh, the guy from Sacramento State. Uh, questions about his size, questions about his measurables, this and that. And then all's the guy, he's just a great football player. He's just a great football player, and good teams will find a way to use that guy and and he's going to be a, a really good NFL player. That would probably be the one guy. I don't think he's the Rams have any shot at drafting him, but he might be my favorite. I I could go on with a bunch of other guys. Say <laughs> Flowers is a guy that really excites me. Um Darnell Washington. Even there's like four tight ends, Luke Musgrave, Dalton Kincaid. Uh don't get me started. So you got me started, but it it probably be probably if I had to single out one it would be Nolan Smith. 
And uh, again, it's uh, I think he's being downgraded because of his size, but he's going to be a great football player. Yeah. Who you got, Tom? Who's your favorite one in this draft? Well, a guy that I think could actually drop to us is, um, and I think it'd be a, it'd be a, I, I think Rams fans would go ballistic if they drafted this guy, but I mentioned him earlier. It's Brzee from Clemson. And um, if he drops because of his health, uh, this guy is one of the, coming out was one of the best, he was one of the most highly recruited uh, high, uh, seniors in the in the country. He was the, probably one of the, the if mm-hmm. one of the best, if not the best freshman, his freshman year. And he's had some um, injury concerns, but this guy's an absolute animal. And uh, I mean, it reminds me of, of when say like a Warren Sapp dropped you know, through the, through the floor in the, in the, in the draft. And, you know, we all know what happened in his career. So uh, I was, he dropped for different reasons, but um, yeah. So that's a guy that I just, every time I see him, I just think, Oh my God, this guy is just, you know, a man among, among uh, kids there in, in, in the highest level of football. So uh, I'll stick with one pick. That's my guy. If he's there at 36, um, you know, hallelujah. I'll have to do some research on him because uh, every time I look at some of these mock drafts, there's always one guy that I haven't really dived into much, and and he's one of them. So I'll have to take a look at him. Yeah, it's interesting. The kid, the kid you brought up, Hyatt. He's a late riser, right? He just he's hitting the boards now. Really talk, talk about a meteoric rise up the boards. But yeah, he's interesting. A lot of people now are talking about the Rams taking a wide receiver early, which would cause me great agita if they did that. But uh, but yeah, a lot of people are talking about that. So since the release of Robinson, he's in no way, shape, or form even right. close to Robinson's style of play. It's a completely different type of receiver. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting uh, draft for the Rams. And, and your guy is Darnell Washington. Is he, he's your favorite, right? It's like playing Madden with this kid, man. I'm telling you, Darnell Washington. Washington. I got to tell you, I got three. A Washington, absolutely. I think his lights out. Uh, can't see lights out. And I really like, I like, uh, I like McDonald. I really like McDonald. I think use that kid, right? If you bring him in and put him in a situation to succeed, he's got the intangibles already. You know, half the job is done. Now you coach this kid up, let him eat some good food, NFL style, hit the weight room. Boom. He'll be, he doesn't have to be 280. Right. And I got to tell you, Tom's got a good sleeper. I think Keon White, in a right system with the really good coaches, he is, you know, they're calling him a tweener. He's not a tweener. He's a player that doesn't come along very frequently. A player with that mass and that level of explosiveness and that twitch ability doesn't come along a lot. You know what I mean? Who, who else started as a, who, what other uh, cornerback that we know and love? Started as a uh, started as a safety and became an unbelievable cornerback. Uh, and that might happen with Ringo. That might happen with Ringo. He might go from quarterback yeah. to safety. Yeah. There's your new star. There's your new. Uh, yeah. There's your new. Well, I think we 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 talk too much. We get caught up in these positions. Um, you know, cornerback safety, right? And and that's it. You know, because those are the positions that they list. Uh, everyone lists, but. This, this star position is a hybrid position. And so, and it used to be, oh, he's a tweener. We don't know which one he is. And that's true at a lot of, you know, different positions. But now 
the most valuable position in the secondary and potentially on the field in a Fangio system, which is now sweeping the league and certainly embraced by the Rams, is a tweener safety cornerback with all those with uh, and you don't know where he can play, a la Jalen Ramsey and and um, you know some other guys in the league. So uh, yeah, that is now a positive, not a negative. And if you think of the cover twos, when the cover twos were really popular, what was a really sort of niche trademark of a good cover two was that in certain situations, they had a large safety that played that weak side will, right? The will linebacker position was a large safety, right? Because for the coverage abilities. So, you know, I think, and Riley Moss is a great example from Iowa. They're not calling him a cornerback. They're not calling him a safety. They're calling him a zone defensive back. You know what? Another really good player for the Rams, but I, I don't know if he's going to be around when they pick, even in at the you know sixty-nine or seventy spot, is Sidney Brown. Sidney Brown from Illinois. Number one, his ball skills are like a wide receiver. That's number one. His intangibles, everyone raves about him. Coaches, the ones, the teams that interviewed him, and he proved it at the combine too because he played really well at the combine. So under pressure, he's showing that he can get it done. So Sidney Brown is another name to keep an eye out. He's a safety that can drop down and cover like a corner, but he knows how to uh, get those INTs. And if there's anywhere, he knows how to attack the football. Yeah, I got him as 78 on my board, 5'10", 211. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's rising. He's rising because he produces. Emmanuel Forbes, that's the only reason I had him so high was the kid produces. You get him on the field, he's going he's gonna to get you an INT, and he's going to take it to the house. Yeah, I think this is a very deep, very deep, uh, sorry, Mark, but a very deep um, cornerback draft. And uh, and so I, I, that's what, and the Rams, of all the position groups they need, um, it's cornerbacks. I mean, they don't, they're, they're between this year and next year, they need a lot of positions and, you know, edge, defensive line, et cetera. Going into, by the way, going into next year, um, Aaron Donald's our only defensive lineman that will be rostered. So, but we have five guys that are ready to go this year. Um, not even including Hoyt, who's who's on who's you know slated as an edge. So you you know you have to look at it both ways. We need a lot of these guys for next year, but we need the one that we really need this year. We only have four cornerbacks on this roster, two of who could probably legitimately start. So I I do see four cornerbacks, and I and it's a great draft for four cornerbacks. Mark, you got two more names to look up on your list. Ready? Miles Brooks, Louisiana Tech, right? And Rajon Wright, Rajon Wright, Oregon. Ladder rounds that are going to, you're going to see them, you're going to hear their name called a lot. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. Brooks is the 298th on the board overall. So, yeah, seventh round pick. I have, probably I have be like there. 23, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's lots of talent. Yeah. Well, this has been good stuff, guys. I really appreciate it. I think we've covered everything. Um, and I'd like to do a follow-up at some point. I might have to wait until a couple weeks after the draft. Got a lot of things going on. But uh, let's do that. If you guys are up for it, we'll do a little draft review and see how close we were on some of these predictions. Uh, you guys up for that? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe during that time, uh, uh, I was thinking I could I'll go back and do the research on this, but we could go back and watch our uh, the this episode that we had last year and see how see how good we are, and we can uh, uh, you know take our pats on the back, and we can also own our uh, own our mistakes, and um, you know when we do our uh, 
we can do a 10, 10 or 15 minute segment on that. I, 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 are, you, are you kidding me? Mark came out golden. He called Algier. Yeah, he, he called Durant out of nowhere. Yeah. He called Durant. Yeah. And um, who else did you call? I think he called another one. So Mark definitely gets yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I think we should give him his props. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I was thinking more. I, I, you know, I hear a lot of these, these, these guys who are talking this and predicting that, et cetera. And I always, I, I kind of always sometimes remember, I thought, didn't this guy, this guy who's a bust, didn't somebody, you know, who had him? And so I, I'd like to own my, uh, uh, you know, own my warts as, as well as give Mark his props. I think you guys are being overly nice. I know I had some bad ones too. Uh, but, um, but it's hard for the Rams because they draft in such a, a unique fashion. It's really, really hard to try to project who they're going to draft. So it's one thing to find good prospects, but I, you know, and consistently, it's always hard to like really yeah. understand the Rams draft mindset. Yeah. They're like one of the hardest things in my opinion. Yeah, I and it's it's funny where you hear. I saw a story leaked a couple of weeks ago. You guys probably saw it. How the Rams were looking at these two wide receivers. And, and I was talking to my son about it. I was like, how would, how would anybody know that? How would any, how two random writers for some website know that the Rams are looking at these two ways? The Rams are so tight with their information as it is. Um, just made no sense. And it's, it's just really hard to predict, really hard to get any solid information as it should be. You know, um, even these guys that they go out and interview, uh, I think we put overemphasis. We overemphasize that as well. That they had meetings with this player and that player. Uh, as I told my my uh, uh, someone I was talking to, uh, think how that might go down. You say like you know, Les Need and Sean McVay are thinking. You know what? Let's talk to this wide receiver in, from Cincinnati. I like him, but we need to talk to him. So that that could actually be an indication of they're going there. To to ver to get some verification point, and it could go the wrong way. The interview could actually confirm that you know what we're not going to draft this guy as much as they are going to draft him. So right. that, that's that's my thoughts on that. But uh, okay, thanks a lot, guys. It was fun, and uh, hey, we kept it under. Geez, uh, last time uh, uh, we went on and on. This is uh, an hour and twenty minutes. Not bad. <laughs> not bad for a Sunday morning. Um, okay, thanks a lot, guys. We'll we'll do it again. I'll reach out to you in a couple of weeks or a week or ten days, and we'll set up a uh, a draft, um, a follow up on the draft, review the Rams picks, and hand out some grades to Les Need and Sean McVay. Thanks. All right, fantastic. Rams pride. It's been great. Thanks, you guys. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama.
What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.